1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On
0: his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, i was with spectacular
1: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's
0: some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. So how much are you going to trust your Jets and your Texans this week? Is Ben Roethlisberger and his juicy matchups rest of the season really the best quarterback to add off the Waiver Wire. This is a very interesting Waiver Wire week. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are into week 12. We are into Thanksgiving week. Everyone's going to be really hungry and distracted this week, but that's okay. We got plenty of football to talk about. We do have the Chiefs and the Cardinals on a bye, so we have a lot of firepower to replace. Jamie, what do you think? What do you think about the Waiver Wire?
1: Uh, It's not great, but you know, there are, like you said, it's, it's an interesting week, and there's certainly options that you... Either A, have to replace, or some guys that could be flex options for you. You know, you also have to start thinking ahead a little bit. Like you said, Rob burger schedule, but uh, Week 13 has four more teams on a buy. Week 14 has teams on a buy. Uh, obviously, you should, start be preparing. you should start preparing for your fantasy playoffs if your team is in a good standing right now. So uh, there are moves you can be making, and, you know, I'm sure as you'll bring up, there are definitely options um, that you can uh, find in some shallower leagues as well. You know, so... Uh, keep an eye on some of the players that may have been dropped. Like, you know, I know a few of my leagues. Kirk Cousins was dropped. Um, You know, I'm in a 10-team league where Brandon Ayuk was dropped. You know, so there are players that you could find that can help you in some 10-team formats and maybe some shallower 12-team formats as well.
0: Yeah, and the reason why I think it's such an interesting week is because uh, it's just a a few teams that you don't really want to target. Let's put it this way. It's a lot of players that we wouldn't normally want who have great matchups. And that's especially true at the tight end position. In fact... The tight end. I don't know if you've noticed, but the, your favorite tight ends on waivers this week—they don't just have good matchups this week. They have great matchups basically the entire rest of the way. Uh, that's Evan Ingram, Logan Thomas, Austin Hooper, and then Noah Fant. If he's available, he may have been dropped going into his bye. His matchups are ridiculous rest of season. Uh, I can get into that in a little bit more detail. But also, you got like like the Jets Texans game. Right, and the running backs there, and the quarterbacks there, and then obviously Elijah Moore. All right, so let's get right into it. The top priorities, is Elijah Moore going to be number one? What do you got so far?
1: I mean, I don't know how many weeks in a row we've been saying this, but you know, add Elijah Moore, add Elijah Moore, add Elijah Moore, and you're continuing to see the results. 12 or more PPR points in four straight games. Obviously, another blow-up game this past week against the Dolphins. Like you said, he gets the Texans. The only concern I have for Elijah Moore is what happens when Zach Wilson comes back. Because most of his production this season has come with Mike White, Josh Johnson, and Joe Flacco. You know, so is Zach Wilson going to come in and continue to give him six or more targets like we've seen? Uh, that would be the hope. Is he going to continue to uh, lean on Corey Davis, which is certainly a possibility? Is it going to give more opportunities for Jamison Crowder um, in terms of Wilson? You know, so, so we'll see. But I, I think the, the mantra is there for the Jets, which is understandably so. Feature Elijah Moore. Let him be the guy going into the end of the season. So by next year, he's this—he's exactly what we're seeing during this four-game stretch—a go-to receiver for the Jets and certainly a great fantasy option for fantasy managers.
0: Yeah, he caught a pretty deep ball on Xavier Howard, made a great move on him. He abused Byron Jones on his touchdown. I mean, you know, just watching the the routes, he seems very polished. And uh, yeah, you know, you could say, well, it's the Jets. Well, they've actually been all right. They've been okay offensively the last four weeks. They've had two really good games. And then
1: <laughs> Zach Wilson went down. It's amazing. Yeah, I know.
0: It, right, it is. But the comparison I would make is Ayuk. Look at the quarterbacks that he was playing with at the end of last season. He was a top six wide receiver down the stretch. Um, all right, so if Moore's number
1: one... Those before- guys weren't rookies, though. That's the problem. No, Ayuk was. No, no, but the quarterbacks. Oh, the was. quarterbacks so, weren't right? rookies. I think sure. that's the thing is, can, can Zach Wilson put him in enough... Give him enough opportunities catchable ball, a balls, you know, right right spots, um, you know, move the offense uh, because that's what we've seen is, you know, since Zach Wilson's gone down, this offense has, has been good, you know, and you've been saying it in your uh, back and forth with Heath about the DSDs, but it's almost like, you know, the, the offense yeah. has been competent, you know, without Zach Wilson under center and hopefully, you know, like Robert Sala said that they wanted him to learn and, and it makes sense, uh, but also get health, get healthy. Um, for our purposes, fantasy managers' purposes, I think we'd like to see Joe Flacco one more game or Mike White one more game, as yeah. opposed to maybe Zach Wilson.
0: We'd especially like to see Mike White if you're looking to pick up Ty Johnson. Now, before I yeah. forget, I want to talk about this before I get the rest of your top priorities. Who are some wide receivers that you would drop for Elijah Moore? And I've got you know I've got the list of roster percentage up here, so I guess like would you drop Cortland Sutton, eighty seven percent?
1: So I didn't give Cortland Sutton as one of the drop candidates. I had him as that last week, and you can certainly make a case that what what changed. Um, but I, I think you just look at the uh, the situation for him, you know, hopefully signing the contract. I know Tim Patrick signed the contract too, so both these guys got big extensions. Um, this is an easier matchup. You know, I didn't like him going into his last game uh, against the Eagles, uh, you know, with the way that the Eagles play defense. So we'll see how he does this week, you know, um, in a potential shootout against the Chargers. Not an easy matchup because the Chargers secondary is good. But – uh, I think Sutton. If you want to hold on to him, hold on to him. But certainly, if Elijah Moore is available, I would drop Elijah. I would drop Cortland Sutton for Elijah Moore.
0: Okay, Chase Claypool. No. Um, definitely Jarvis I would, Landry. I would find
1: some somebody else to drop him in, in roster both. Of them.
0: Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones.
1: Jarvis Landry droppable. Marvin Jones droppable. Um, the guys I gave you Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, you you alluded to this. His roster percentage seemed way too high to begin with. Uh-huh. And so he's he's droppable, especially you know. Going into, I, I know it's a good matchup against the Ravens, but I don't think Baker's right. Clearly, I don't think either of these guys are going to be healthy. And then they have their bye next week. Um, I would be dropping like Julio Jones if you're carrying him. Um, I would drop AJ Green. You know his roster percentage is at sixty-four um, percent.
0: All of the Hall of Famers: Julio Jones, AJ Green, all of the Hall of Odell yeah, Beckham. I know those aren't
1: exactly like sexy names that, no, that yeah. we're dropping per se, but you know, again, it's just a matter of I, I would try and find a different way to get. Elijah Moore on my team as opposed to dropping some big name players.
0: All right. So if Elijah Moore is priority number one, who else are we looking at this week? Overall,
1: uh, I would still put Ty Johnson second ahead of Tevin Coleman. I know Coleman's probably gonna get more carries and and that matters a little bit more, I think, with Joe Flacco. But this is still a team. I, I don't care that the Texans are so bad. I think they're still see the Texans score points against the Jets. And that's gonna lead to, I think, still more passes and more playing time for Ty Johnson. So uh, I, I give him a slight nod over Tevin Coleman. Uh, you can add both of them. Uh, as uh, you know. Ben Trager told us off the air, he's going to spend a lot of his fab budget into deeper league, I know, for for Tevin Coleman, and, and Coleman's more widely available. But Coleman's done nothing this year in the limited opportunities that he's had. Johnson, at least you've seen better production. Like you said, a lot of that came with Mike White. But I'll buy into him being the better talent than Tevin Coleman at this point. And hopefully, that's where the Jets go. Uh,
0: one more name, top three.
1: Uh, I'll go to Darius Tony again. You know, I, I know he got a little bit banged up in the game last night, but 12 targets is hard to overlook, especially if Sterling Shepard's out knowing that most likely Darius Slay will take away Kenny Galladay in the game next week if, in fact, is healthy. So, you know, just looking at it, I, don't, I I said this going in. You know, we were talking who's the best Giants receiver. I, I think I was the lone guy saying Tony over Galladay. I know you like Galladay a little bit yeah. better. I, I think Dave liked Galladay a little bit better. Um, I know Pete Prisco said it, you know, on our shows the last couple of days as well. Um, I just look at, the if Shepard's not there, that's Daniel Jones. That's where he's going. So um, Tony with 12 targets, I know he did nothing with it. He had the Rondell Moore stat line, but uh, I'll take my chances with those opportunities more so than a lot of the players that we're looking at that are available this
0: week. And now they have a pretty bad schedule coming up, including Philadelphia this week. And Philadelphia, they have had the ball in three of their last four games when they completely changed their offense. The Eagles have had the ball for 35 minutes or more in three of those four games, so that's just poison for uh, for fantasy points. And I would say Sterling Shepard is at forty percent. Maybe like if he were playing this week, would he be the guy to pick up?
1: Yeah, certainly a good point. You know, if he's if he's able to return, but you know, you just you see the the writing on the wall with him. Unfortunately, is he's just so banged up.
0: Yeah. Okay. So look, maybe if Ty Johnson's number two, maybe Tevin Coleman is is also a top priority. But yep. But keep in mind, I mean, it's not like Michael Carter. Had been running the ball all that well. And Robert Sala said about Michael Carter, he had said, By the way, Dave is not on the show today, in case anyone's wondering. (laughs) He's out. I took me like 40 minutes on Sunday to be like, Hey, he's sick tonight. So the people, Where's Dave? Where's Dave? He's out uh, for today's show. Everybody's banged up. Yeah, man. You know, who's not playing hurt this time of year, Jamie? Robert Sala said about Michael Carter, uh, you know, if the offensive line blocks him for three yards, he gets five. If they block him for five yards, he gets eight. Yeah, that's not a direct quote, but Carter has been able to, with a bad rushing average because that line is so bad. You know, he's been able to manufacture something. Tevin Coleman could be awful, but Coleman was also used inside the five yard line, inside the ten yard line, on Sunday in Sunday's game. I would guess if, if they score a rushing touchdown, he's probably more likely to get it. And Houston last week, not counting uh, when Foreman and Peterson were let downs, Houston has been really bad against running yep. backs. Um, okay. Give me a quarterback, just one quarterback, real quick. That's uh, the top guy for just yeah, for this week. Yeah, I, I
1: have Roethlisberger as a borderline starter in my rankings this week. 20 or more fantasy points each of his last two games. He looked much better throwing the ball against the Chargers, you know, and, and I think that kind of sets up for when he's going to be as best. You know, you go back to the playoff loss against the Browns last year. When they're behind or, or in a competitive game, he's going to have to throw more, and I think he's going to be better. Um, if the defense is still banged up for Pittsburgh and T.J. Watt doesn't play, they'll probably get make a Fitzpatrick back. But if T.J. Watt doesn't play, the Bengals are going to move the ball against that defense. And so will um, Will Roethlisberger be chasing points? We know the Bengals' time possession possession, that, that's a big part of how they operate, and they hold the ball a long time, and you know teams don't get many opportunities. But... I still think Roethlisberger is a borderline number one quarterback this week, and I would start him, for example, over Russell Wilson. You know, if you're just looking at wow. a Wilson replacement.
0: Wow, against Washington. Wow. You trust Russell Wilson right now? I trust. I can't trust Ben Roethlisberger because it's been, it's been a year. It's a, a seat You know, he he was fine. I think the start of the season uh, last year, but you still saw this weird offense even when they were undefeated. He's just been so so bad. Um yeah, I would start Wilson over Roethlisberger.
1: <laughs> I I, I don't blame you, but I don't, I just can't. This, Seattle just looks fractured right now. They just completely look lost all the way across the
0: board. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, Cam Newton, if he's available, that's another story. He's 72% yes. rostered. Okay. So we'll get into Cam the shallow league. The oh, all right. We'll get into the shallow leagues and the deep leagues uh, in a bit. We are giving – oh, tonight, listen, it's cold out there. All right, you need a sweatshirt. So join us tonight because we're giving one away—a super cool fantasy football today sweatshirt on t- uh, tonight's waiver wire YouTube stream at 8 p.m. Eastern. Join us and like the video tonight, Tuesday night, for a chance to win at YouTube.com/slash fantasy football today. And if you don't want the sweatshirt, you're still gonna get great. Look at that sweatshirt; that is so cool. You're still gonna get great waiver wire advice. So come along at 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash football today. All right, matchup alerts. This is what I wanted to talk about. Ben Roethlisberger. So this week is not a great matchup per se, although the Bengals' defense has been pretty up and down. Uh, but then you got Baltimore. They just struggle. They give up a lot of big pass plays. That's not exactly Roethlisberger's, Roethlisberger's forte. And then his next four opponents after week— so this will be beginning, beginning week 14— They rank 25th or worse against quarterbacks. Uh, Two of them, the the, the problem is they're kind of improving, but Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City, and Cleveland. Kansas City's obviously getting better, but Roethlisberger's got good matchups. Garoppolo's playoff matchups are great. Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston. And then I just want to take a look at the tight ends here. Let me just scroll down a little bit. Um, So Noah Fant. His he has four matchups. Noah Fan has four matchups remaining against teams that rank 26th or worst against tight ends. Evan Ingram has four matchups against teams that rank 25th or worst. Uh, Logan Thomas has nothing but top 10 matchups going forward before week 18. Week 18 is okay, not. Is he going to play? I hope so. <laughs> but it's Seattle, Vegas, Dallas, Philadelphia. They're the worst. Dallas again, oh, Philadelphia. Twice. Right. Well, I've talked about this for three weeks now. Logan Thomas yep. has the Eagles twice in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Cole Komet. No, he's not included. Austin Hooper. His next three matchups are against teams that are bottom six against tight ends. That does not include his bye. He has a bye next week uh, in week 13. But Baltimore, Baltimore, Vegas for Austin Hooper. So it's t- this is what I'm talking about, Jamie. It's what Am I really going to trust Evan Ingram? Does it matter who his matchups are? I don't know. Tampa Bay wasn't such a bad matchup. He had two catches. But
1: there's a peel here. Philly has been so bad, though, so bad. He's not a starter, but he's somebody worth adding.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I I was like, I didn't have the guts to add Adam Troutman last week, and he had his best game of the year by far. Yeah, it sucks that he got hurt. Yes, it does. He's out four to six weeks. All right, let's talk fab here. It's All right, give me the fab layout. This is really such a hard conversation to have at this point of the season. I
1: mean, for me, it would be more as the top guy and then everybody else is kind of you're just, you know, whatever you need. Uh, I don't think anybody's over 15 percent, you know, and, and and again, we're talking about Elijah Moore, 61 percent. So most of the sharp leagues, he's rostered already. Yeah. Hold on a so, second.
0: 61 percent rostered, not 61 percent of your fat.
1: 61 <clears> percent <throat> rostered for Elijah Moore. Yeah. So most of the competitive leagues, he's not available at this point. The ultra competitive ones, at least. So I think you just look at it as, um, you know, what you need. And, and you know, as we've seen um, with some of these running back injuries, you know, you might want to save whatever you have left if there's uh, an injury and there's somebody that gets dropped along the way. You know so th- There are going to be some tough decisions that fantasy managers have to make. I, I know I'm in, in a crunch in a few leagues where I'm stashing Alexander Madison and it's hard to roster him. But imagine, you know, he's down, I think, to around 80%. Um, if he's available and Dalvin Cook gets hurt, you want to have that Fab available to spend on him in those leagues where he's dropped. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't necessarily oh, yeah. know that there's a, a tried and true example of that uh, where you can't get ahead of. Like you can get ahead of Sony Michelle right now. You know, so I'm, I'm looking at more of the scenarios of somebody gets you know released in the next couple of weeks. But in any event, uh, Moore would be the top guy. Uh, Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman. I don't think they're more than 10 percent guys because it's two to three weeks. It's really one matchup that you look at and say, okay, I, I'll trust him. I'll trust them potentially this week, but you know, hopefully you don't have to rely on those guys. The tight ends, the quarterbacks. There's nothing that's I think worth breaking the bank for. Uh and pass Elijah Moore at the receiver position. You know, Tony, um, the Dallas guys, if they're available, Gallup or Wilson, um, Van Jefferson, you know, these type of receivers, Nick Westbrook, they're uh they're they're five percent guys or less.
0: Now, I'll give you one more name. And and we're gonna have to really get into the Jets running backs because anytime you have an opportunity to get a starting running back for multiple weeks, it is important here, especially with you know, with Arizona and Kansas City this week, with Christian McCaffrey next week, and Nick Chubb, right? Um, You know, you got you got to fill in for running backs here. So I, we will get into the, the uh, Jets running backs, because, you know, I saw that it might be more than three weeks. They didn't really commit to a firm timetable for Michael Carter. It's a pretty bad ankle injury, apparently. I um,
1: mean, well, it's considered low-grade high ankle sprain, but still it's a high ankle sprain, so... Uh, yes, it could be more than two to three weeks. And, and look, if it lingers, they could shut him down. You know, why would they risk, right. you know, further injury to, to a player like that? So, um, it's, 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 it's something to consider, but it's, it's just, you, you can't say I trust Tevin Coleman, or you can't say I trust Ty Johnson, especially with the quarterback situation being what it is. If it was a guy like Mike White, where you knew, okay, check down, check down, check down, man, Ty Johnson would be a huge priority.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, hey, here's what I was also going to say. I, mean, I guess we're getting into this now. After this week, it's really not a favorable schedule. Right. It's Philadelphia, who they, they're they not great against the run, but they are going to destroy the Jets probably, and they're going to possess the ball for 35 or more minutes. Like I said, they've done three of the last four games. Then it's the Saints. Then it's the Dolphins, who have gotten a lot better. Then it's the Jaguars, who have a great run defense. Then it's the Bucks. So it's uh a really tough slate for the Jets going forward, especially for a guy like Coleman, who's not really going to make it up in the passing game. Right. Right. Um, I want to give you two more names, though, that I think you don't have to break your bank on Fab, but Taysom Hill. I, they got the Bills this week, so if they go with Simeon again, it's likely he struggles. There's some rumblings. Why not just let especially just sign him to a contract extension? Maybe Taysom Hill finally gets his chance down the stretch. Yep. How about Boston Scott? I got the best Boston Scott stat. So Jordan Howard probably out this week. The Eagles have had multiple running backs with double digit carries in all f- of each of their last four games. When they change their offense, they're facing the giants who have not been good against the run. And Boston Scott has played four games against the giants and he has scored a touchdown in all of them. He has six yeah. games in his career with a rushing touchdown. Three of them are against the giants. He has one receiving touchdown in his career it was against the Giants. It is the weirdest thing. Every time Boston Scott plays, literally every time he plays the Giants, he scores. And if he has the Jordan Howard role, we've seen, we've already seen it from him when Sanders was out. You know, it's 10, 12 carries. Do you think he has the
1: Jordan Howard role, though?
0: I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think Miles Sanders is the guy. You know, I, I think, you know, the fact that they went right back to him after the fumble. Um, no, they Scott's didn't. They, have they didn't, role. though. Have-
0: they benched him. He had one carry after the fumble and then Jordan Howard got hurt. Right, and then they went back to him. After the Jordan Howard got hurt. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Okay. After,
1: after Howard got hurt, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, you no, know, it, it was also, you, you, can't, you cannot look at Miles Sanders and say that there's anybody in the team that deserves significantly more touches than him. I mean, 5.9 yards per carry in that game. He's a 4.9 yard per carry guy for his career. Uh, he's much more explosive than anybody they had, including Howard. And so I hope it's a lot more of him. But yes, Boston Scott's going to get an opportunity based on how this offense is operating. You're 100% right. So he should. He is worth uh, a look. And look, if if this Howard injury is more than just a one week thing, and then Miles Sanders gets hurt again, you're sitting on the best running back for the Eagles, maybe for a significant stretch of time. So yes, Boston Scott should be at That's an overlook by my part.
0: No, I, I didn't mean in that sense, but. I think I, I always compare them to the Ravens of last year, and they basically are the Ravens now. So I, I think of Boston Scott or whoever the number two guy is as sort of Gus Edwards, where maybe you're going to get 10 carries for 50 to 60 yards. You've got this great rush average, and there's a chance they score, and they're facing the Giants and the Jets in the next two weeks. So is he a great start? No, he's probably not going to catch more than one pass, but, uh, yeah, I laid my case out. All right, so deep leagues... I don't want to neglect the players, the people who are listening say, like, all these guys are rostered in my leagues. Well, the good news is you know, Tevin Coleman probably isn't, and a lot of the guys... Michael it-
1: Hilliard is, is available. Yeah, who else? Uh, Nick Westbrook. You know, I know it's not an easy matchup, but the Titans are down all of their receivers, potentially. Marquise Goodwin, you just saw eight targets for him uh, without Alan Robinson on the field and, you know, uh, had a productive game. So he's available in, in every league. Um those are the, the few that come to mind. Valdez Scantling, you know, 11% is his roster percentage. No game with Alan Lazardi, so 10 targets. Cedric Wilson's at 4%. No no uh, Cooper or Lamb, most likely, against the Raiders. He had seven targets in that game, so he's going to see a significant bump in playing time without without those guys there, opposite Michael Gallup. Traquan Smith's at 9%. Uh, he's been basically the Saints' most consistent receiver the last couple of weeks, 11 or more PPR points in three of his last four games. So there are receivers that can definitely help you. Uh, The running backs, like you mentioned, I I guess it would be those two guys in terms of, uh, well, there's three, actually. Uh, There's Coleman, like you mentioned. There's Hilliard. If there's no Jeremy McNichols and all the receivers are out, you know the Patriots struggle against pass-catching running backs, so Hilliard's in a great spot. Um, And then I would look at D.J. Dallas. You know, you're you're talking about a a running back scenario that's bad for Seattle right now. Alex Collins is not getting the job done. He's battling through this groin injury. Uh, No Chris Carson. Dallas, for what it's worth, four carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown against the Cardinals. He really looked like the, the most explosive running back there for them in, in the limited touches that he had. And so maybe he starts to get more of an opportunity. You know, you heard Rashad Penny getting a chance to have more opportunities, and now he's out with a hamstring injury, shocking once again. So, you know, Dallas could be somebody that you want to speculate on for sure.
0: Right. It's so frustrating. I actually think Penny would be somewhat appealing. I, I, th- I thought he came back in the game, but... He did hurt his hands. He had two
1: carries, and that was it. He, he got hurt on the first carry. I think he tried to go back in and probably re-aggravated him. Okay. And then also one more guy, too, I guess we should mention, Rex Burkhead. You know, 18 yeah. carries against uh, the Titans, and now he gets the Jets run defense, which is miserable. And so I still like Johnson better just because if the Jets are playing with the lead, which would obviously not be a surprise because the Texans are still bad as well, uh, Burkhead had no catches. But if they are playing with the lead and probably more goal line opportunities, I think you look at it this way, like, in non PPR, I probably would go Coleman over Ty Johnson for the Jets, and Burkhead over David Johnson for the uh, for the Texans. In PPR, I would flip it Ty, the the two Johnson guys, Ty Johnson and David Johnson in PPR.
0: Yeah, it, this entire week is there's a lot of guys who are available in a ton of leagues. So deep league le- deep leagues, you've got some work to do tonight. All right. Well, you also here's what you have to do tonight before you set your waivers before you watch our live stream. Clear out your freezer, make some room for ButcherBox and go to butcherbox.com/fft and sign up right now and you can get free New York strip steaks for a year. This is a special holiday offer from ButcherBox at butcherbox.com/fft. I'll give you more details on the offer in just a second, but we freaking love ButcherBox. This stuff is so good and it's high quality, high quality meat with better taste, more ethical, more sustainable. So ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. You don't have to go to the grocery store and look for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. Good luck finding that stuff. You can get it all at butcherbox.com FFT. And it's delicious. I mean, look, you want the high-quality stuff, obviously. That's important. But you're not going to like it unless it tastes good. I promise you, you're going to love ButcherBox food. The chicken. It's just just a chicken breast. I mean, it is so much better than anything I get at the grocery store or anything I've gotten delivered to me so far. ButcherBox just blows it all away. Holiday season is coming up, so this is a great time to just get a box full of meat, go to your Christmas party or whatever, your holiday party, and, you know, cater it, basically. Say, hey, I got all this meat. Let's cook it up. Um, If you live in one of the warmer states, have a barbecue or five with with these ButcherBox selections here. No antibiotics or added hormones. Each box contains 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose. That is enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh. It's shipped frozen for convenience, so you can save time. You don't have to go to the grocery store. And you can customize your own box or go with one of theirs, and you're going to get exactly what you want. So this holiday, ButcherBox is proud to give new members free New York strip steaks for a year. This deal has never been offered before, and it won't last forever. Get two delicious 100% grass-fed New York strip, strip steaks for free in every box for one year. This, uh, listen, it's, it's November 23rd right now. You got a week. This offer is available until the 30th, so get it before it's gone. Just go to butcherbox.com FFT to sign up. That is butcherbox.com FFT to receive this limited-time offer of free New York strip steaks for a year. I tweeted last night. The Giants currently have the sixth and seventh pick in the draft. What else could they give the Seahawks to get Russell Wilson? How? And then I said maybe New York pizza and bagels. But how about some strip steaks too? Give it all away.
1: I would. I would expect him to highly look at the Giants if available.
0: You got to get. The, you got to get the marketing right. Nobody knows Russell Wilson. He's anonymous. Well, it's not that. It's his wife. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows who she is either.
1: Go hey, ahead to New seen. York. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely, I think, would prefer to be in a big market like the Giants. That's just total speculation. but
0: I've heard that um, about every single free agent who has not signed with the Knicks. So, uh, you know, you got to go to a good team first. That's the problem. How,
1: how about uh, what the Broncos have done to say, come, we have all these receivers locked up for years. Come.
0: That's yeah, a mistake, by the way. Why is that a mistake? I think they're going to regret signing those guys. I, they do have a ton of money, so maybe they won't regret it. But I just don't know that – Like Tim Patrick is not someone you need to to lock up to a long-term extension. I hope Sutton is. But... I mean, it wasn't a huge deal for Patrick. Yeah, I know. I think they're going to regret it. He but, guy uh, catches everything. He does. He does catch everything. All right, let's go to the news and notes. A.J. Brown does not – Why are you not... so anti-player? Why are you so pro, pro-friendly? A.J. <laughs> Brown does not have broken ribs. So that is good. We still don't know if he'll play this week at New England. Then they have a bye. Are you going to start him anyway if he plays at New England?
1: Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He won't be top 15 A.J. Brown, but, I mean, he had nine targets in that game still with the chest injury and and getting banged up. You know, it's just so hard to overlook what his role will be.
0: And Tennessee wide receiver Marcus Johnson also left with an injury, so that's why Jamie mentioned Nick Westbrook earlier. Lamar Jackson's feeling better. You you don't want a lot of the – Titans though. (laughs) No, no, you don't. Uh, Lamar Jackson's feeling better. That's good. Hopefully he plays. Uh, Zeke is playing hurt, man. And is it? Are you easily going to start? Rank him ahead of Tony Pollard? Yes,
1: but Pollard is a great sleeper this week. I mean, the fact that Zeke stayed in the game, he was so involved in the passing game. I think he's still going to be involved in the passing game. There's much more touchdown opportunity this week against the Raiders. uh, Both running backs are in play. You know, so Pollard is not in the starting group, but he's in the top thirty for me. And uh, and Zeke, I think, is going to uh, maybe have one of his best games that we've seen. I mean, you can't look at what the Bengals just did against the Raiders and say that's not the way to go, especially with the receivers banged up. You know, Joe Mixon. Yeah, I, a, I know.
0: I'm monster. just worried about a, a limping Zeke, who really hasn't been that good for four straight weeks, playing on a short week. Well, you know, what will help. Tyron Smith playing. Tyron
1: Smith plays. That's huge for the entire team.
0: Yeah. Well, Cooper's not going to play, and Lamb is probably not going to play. So, if you
1: tell me here, here are my options. For Cowboys fans and for fantasy managers because uh, looking at, assuming that the receivers are not a 100, well, I should let me rephrase that because fantasy managers obviously want the the receivers. Um, If if you're looking at the best thing for Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott right now, it is to have Tyron Smith back on the field, more so than it is for Mari
0: Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, makes a big difference for sure. All right, Jordan Howard could be out a couple weeks with a knee injury. Darius Slay is in the concussion protocol. We should keep an eye on that. Michael Carter, let's say it's Let's say he's going to miss the next two games. Then they have, uh, I oh know they don't have a bye. I'm sorry, but let's say Carter at least two, maybe up to four weeks, something like that. Justin Fields, unlikely to play this week. They have the Thursday game at Detroit. So it's Andy Dalton, SZN, Jamal Agnew out for the season, out for the SZN, Adam Traubman out four to six weeks with a sprained MCL. Logan Thomas expected to practice this week. We love the matchups. Quentin Nelson, Colts guard. He hurt his ankle. Hopefully he can get back out there. You know the Packers lost their starting left tackle, who wouldn't be their starting left tackle if David Bakhtiari is able to come back. But he would be a starter on the offensive line, so it's a big loss for the Packers.
1: I think what they were, weren't were they planning to move Bakhtiari to guard? Oh, were they? I thought that's what somebody said that they were going to keep Jenkins at left tackle, but that sound, that sounded strange to me. Yeah, I would obviously felt the opposite. if Bakhtiari is back, which it doesn't sound like it's going to happen this week because they have their buy next week. Um, uh, they yeah, it's a it's a whole it's it's a it's a tough spot to have to fill. You know, play he's played really well.
0: Um, other injuries, some defensive stuff. Asante Samuel against Denver. He, he left with a concussion against Pittsburgh. So when they haven't had both of their starting cornerbacks, they've struggled, and Samuel is a good one. So that's the Chargers. Um, see anything really big here? Oh, uh, Washington, two offensive linemen. Tyler, Las- Tyler Larson and Sam Cosme. They, they left with injuries in the first half. They faced the Seahawks, an improving Seahawks defense. Jacksonville's got cornerback issues against Atlanta. A couple of guys got hurt last week. Same with Seattle. Seattle could be without their top two cornerbacks at Washington. And that's pretty much all I'll give you right now. Jamie, let's get our top priorities at each position here. Quarterbacks, go.
1: Roethlisberger would be one. And then, honestly, it's a toss-up who's behind him. I put Taylor Heineke second. Hopefully, Logan Thomas is able to return this week against Seattle. Uh, but he's coming off a strong game against uh, against the Panthers. And hopefully that's something that carries over. And then I put Terod Taylor third just because the Jets I don't think are very good. And Taylor had 18 fantasy points in that game. I think he'll continue to play better. But, I, I mean, you can make a case for Joe Flacco. You can make a case for Andy Dalton. Uh, you can make a case now for Taysom Hill if you're looking long term. Uh, but I put Terod Taylor third. Uh, I was going to put actually Teddy Bridgewater third. But he just hasn't been playing well as a fantasy quarterback. So I just completely took him off the list.
0: All right. And then in the shallower leagues, you do have maybe a Carson Wentz who uh faces the Bucks this week. That should be a fun game. And
1: you think you could trust Carson Wentz though? Because it, it feels like no. the Bucks defense has turned the corner with their pass defense. And this is such a run heavy team. I don't and it doesn't I mean Buffalo's run defense was amazing. And look what Jonathan Taylor did. He's just unstoppable yeah. right now.
0: No, I don't think you can trust him. But you have Cam We should have a Cam Newton conversation here. Yeah, if he's available on your waiver wire, and Elijah Moore is available on your waiver wire, and let's say you have, let's say you have a quarterback that you trust, okay, you don't need one. Who's the number one priority? Elijah Moore. All right. Do you think Cam is a top twelve quarterback rest of season? Yeah,
1: I do. I mean, you know, you you saw twenty nine points, uh, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, he doesn't need a lot of passing yards to have big production. Uh, you know he's clearly a threat to score on the ground almost every week. Uh, he's shown you that in, in the game and a half, essentially, that he played. And so, I mean, Miami this week. Then they have a bye in week 14, you know, so – or week 13, excuse me. Um, just keep that in mind. But I, I think just knowing that he's got what he, he's what he's capable of, of still being, even at, at this version of him. Is is good enough to be a top twelve quarterback. Like if you're saying rest of season right now, you know, Russell Wilson, I'll take Cam. Um, I think he's in the conversation with Kyler Murray right now. Uh, you know, just not knowing what Kyler Murray's status is gonna be coming off their bye week, DeAndre Hopkins status is gonna be. Um, trying to think of the other guys that are struggling. You know, you might put him in the same category as Matthew Stafford if Stafford's gonna to continue to struggle. Now you take him um, over Derek Carr, right? I'd take him over Derek Carr, I'd take him over Wentz. I would take him over uh Jared Goff, I would take him. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I think he's probably safer than Tua. Uh, you know, so uh, in hindsight, those were my two choices for start of the week. Last week was, was Cam and Tua. I probably should have chose Cam because he was better.
0: Yeah. And Tua himself, I, I mean, I know it looks like Carolina is a tough matchup and Tua is 69% rostered. The thing is, I, I don't know what to make of Carolina because they really haven't faced many good quarterbacks. And when they have, they've struggled. So it looks like a tough matchup, but. I don't know how to – it's hard to evaluate a team that – they're fifth against quarterbacks, but whenever they face a good one, they, they've they given up points. And, is Tua uh, there yet, though? I don't know. I mean, I think he'd probably be in the 20-point range again.
1: Yeah, I think Tua is a, a low-end starter. I don't have a problem if somebody sees him available and wants to pick him up uh, in shallower leagues, but I think there are just better options out there.
0: All right, who are the top running back priorities, even if we're repeating – Um, yeah, the wood won't like that. Uh, I think you look at,
1: um, you look at, uh, the Jets Jets guys. And and again, if you want to prioritize both of them first, I have no problem with that. Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. I prefer Ty Johnson just because I'm always looking PPR first. Um, then I would look at Dontrell Hilliard. Just keep in mind with Hilliard. There's a chance that McNichols returns but you can't overlook the fact that he had eight catches on 10 targets and the receiving core is just decimated against a Patriots team that has been terrible for the majority of the season against pass catching running backs. So he has an opportunity there. And then you go to David Johnson or Rex Burkhead again. I think it's format specific because the Jets are the worst team against opposing running backs. They've given up 21 touchdowns to the position. Uh, Johnson had more catches. Burkhead had more carries. If you think the Texans are going to win that game, which they certainly can Uh, You probably would prefer Burkhead. He had 18 carries for 40 yards against the Titans. Better chance to score. But David Johnson, I think, is the better player. So I'll take David Johnson. Wide receivers. Wide receivers. The easy one is Elijah Moore. You know, so uh, put him first by a long shot. And he's the best player to add this week if he's still available. Behind him is where it starts to get more, you know, of a discussion. So I'll put Kadarius Tony second. You know, 12 targets. If there is no Sterling Shepard, I know the Eagles defense has played better. But clearly, this is where Daniel Jones is going to go to more of a short area target. Uh, So he was second for me. And I'm going to go back to Van Jefferson third. Uh, I think you just look at the opportunities that he's had. We still don't know exactly how they're going to replace Robert Woods because we didn't see a full complement of snaps for Odell Beckham. I would hope Beckham is better than Jefferson, just long-term looking at big picture. But I don't want to give up on Jefferson just because he didn't have a great game last time out against San Francisco in Week 10. He dropped the touchdown in that game. I said it coming off that game. If he catches that touchdown, the feeling toward him is much different. Uh, six or more targets in four straight games, seven or more in three of those, and uh, 11 or more PPR points in two of those outings. So I still think he's a go-to guy for Matthew Stafford.
0: Okay, what if Michael Gallup were available?
1: Gallup would be two behind Elijah Moore. All right. So there there, there are three guys that are 80% rosters roster percentage. Um, Ayuk, I think you can say better than than Elijah Moore even, but in that conversation for sure. Uh, Darnell Mooney, you know, coming off the 16 target game against Detroit this week. We don't know when Allen Robinson's coming back. So you got to look at that Rashad Bateman. Don't look at him at what happened last week and say that's an, any indication of who he is, because if Marquise Brown is out, you definitely want to have uh Rashad Bateman on your team for this week's matchup against the Browns. And then Gallup is in that conversation also just for this one week opportunity.
0: Yeah. Gallup, something like 72% rostered, So he might All be right, available. 77. 77. I'm sorry about that then. All right, whatever. Less than 80. <laughs> tight ends. Yep.
1: So tight ends, not good. <laughs> um, you know, I have Ingram first because of matchup. You know, so hopefully he takes advantage of it. Just every tight end seems to score against the Eagles. So uh, the hope would be is that he finds the end zone again. He, he snapped his two-game streak of scoring touchdowns against the Bucks, But I do think the Bucs are, are, are certainly in consideration for being much better in their secondary than they have been. Uh, if you want to look long-term, Logan Thomas is better. and You can even make a case that Thomas probably should be number one. I, I should probably flip that with the hope that Thomas returns this week. So I'll put Thomas first, Ingram second. And then I'm going to go back to Cole Komet. I know we had high expectations for him against the Ravens. He did not play well at all, one catch in that game. But uh, I'll go back to him this week against Detroit with just the hope that if Allen Robinson's out once again, he gets a higher target share and certainly produces with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not so bad. Kind of like it. Kind of like that Cole Komet this week. Because um, I do think Dalton is better for the passing game than Fields. Not that he's a better quarterback. I just think he'll produce better fantasy, give us better fantasy production. Not yeah, himself, he's not going to run, but for the other he's guys, he's not going to run.
1: So there'll be there'll be right. more more chances. Uh, you know, I I don't want to discount the way Fields was playing prior to the injury because the two games previous, San Francisco and Pittsburgh, he started to look like a much more competent passer.
0: He did, and he crushed Detroit. That was his only. He only scored like six or nine points or something, but he had a great game against the Lions back in week four in his second start, and Mooney was awesome in that game. Um, and I'm just so excited to watch that game on Thanksgiving. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. All right, who are the DSTs we're looking I mean, at here? Andy Dalton versus uh, Tim Boyle. Doesn't <laughs> Jeez. The, the Bears are the DST, right? Right into that segue. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go
1: with Washington. I, it's funny that they lose Chase Young and don't have Montez Sweat, and their defense has played better the last two weeks. Uh, but Seattle, to me, is a mess. And then Philadelphia third against the Giants. You could argue Philly's probably better. I think I did this before last night's game, so maybe I'll put Philly second, Washington third.
0: What happened last night's game? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: wasn't watching. Uh, did, did did they not realize that the game started? I mean...
0: Who, the Giants? They went
1: right down the field in the opening drive. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They played much better. Look, they were in the game. They they stayed in the game. Give them credit. No, they were not. Been,
0: they were in the game huh? for a half. They they stayed in the game. They I'm, stayed I'm, in the I'm, game because of a stupid fluke interception that bounced yeah, off. Yeah, but them. you know, they, they they, suck. They, the way that that
1: opening drive looked for Tampa, I thought it was going to be 40 nothing at halftime. Like remember the game against the Falcons for Tampa Bay last year? Like it was like week 14, 15 something like that. Uh,
0: oh, uh the Falcons or the Lions? Was it the Lions? Yeah, the Falcons were week 17 when Evans got hurt. Uh, the Lions game was the game where they all they all played one half. The Bucks right. they gave everybody had a great fantasy game in one half of football.
1: Right. That that that's the game I'm thinking. Of. That, that's what it felt like last night. Uh, <laughs> nah, At The yeah, opening drive.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so. I you know it was so interesting. Is the Giants had zero sacks on Brady, and then I think they got two on Glennon and Gabbert on Gabbert. Thank you. And it's just backup quarterbacks. Get sacked so much, I feel. I don't have a stat to back that up, but well, not, it's not just the offensive line. It's it's the quarterback knowing how to avoid sacks. Brady is so good at that. I mean, he's so good. He's a really like, good player.
1: Tw- Twitter went nuts when he had his run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And I also have a take on the Manning cast. I want to I wanna get to that. But give me the kickers. Give me the kickers.
1: Uh, the kickers would be, go back to Matt Gay. He was dropped in a lot of leagues, obviously. Yeah. he's plays for great offense. 47% is his roster percentage. Uh, Robbie gold with the way 49ers have been playing lately. Go back to him or stick with him and Brandon McManus. I'll go back to him with a home game against the chargers. Uh, you know, he was good earlier in the season. I hope he can straighten out some of the misses coming off the bye week
0: Yeah. Now Matt Gay is definitely someone that you might want to pick up. Uh, surprise how low his roster rate is, uh, with kicking for the Rams. Okay. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, we will talk a little bit about Tampa Bay and the giants and then get into the drops and the ads, some of the names that we haven't mentioned so far. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal and administrative and customer support at Robert half. We know talent visit roberthalf.com today.
0: It was Tampa Bay 30 and the giants 10. I believe that was the score. Yes. Okay. Sometimes I get all the fantasy stats. and I'm like, wait, what the hell was the score?
1: I do that. You know, so I, I, I do all of our notes for, uh, the HQ show and every Monday, every Tuesday and every Friday I'll open the show. Hey, we're recapping the game from last night. It was <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yep, I'm right there with you. So thir- fun TV. 30 to ten the score and forty-six passes. Let's like, is there a concern here about Tom Brady? Only twenty-three fantasy points?
1: I mean, there's a slight concern that you know you you should have sold high on him after the beginning of the season because you know, let's face it. We, we saw what he was, you know, last year was sort of a flip of what Tom Brady had been. You know, in New England, remember, it was that October to November stretch. He was always a great fantasy quarterback, and then they started to run the ball a lot more. And he wasn't so great down the stretch. You know, clearly still good, but just not at the same level. Uh, maybe he's back to that this year, coming off the Super Bowl run and, you know, having to throw as much as he did early in the season. But once he gets Antonio Brown back, I mean, you got to feel so comfortable about having him on your team, especially in this offense. The one thing I didn't like with the passing game was when they were up 27-10 and Mike Evans caught a pass in the fourth quarter and he came up a little bit lame. I was like, why, 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 Bruce? And then he brought him back in. Huh? They brought him back in. They brought him back in. Um, And so there were two things that I was looking at that. First, like, why is he still in the game? And second, I was up three points in one of my leagues. I was like, please don't throw it to him anymore. The other guy had Mike Evans. So You won, right? uh, uh, Yeah, I won. All right. But it's just like, wh- why? Like, don't, don't, why?
0: Yeah. I I'm mean, look, they won by 20 points, and he still threw. And and he didn't even finish the game, and Brady still threw 46 times. Plus, Brashad Perryman drop. It would have been a 35-yard touchdown. It was a tough play, but Antonio Brown probably makes the, that catch. One of
1: the Giants beat writers, uh, I don't think it was sarcastically, but tweeted, that was one of the best throws he's ever
0: seen. Um, uh, that's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> uh, it was a really good throw.
1: I mean, he put it in the spot where only Perryman could get it.
0: Yeah, it was a heck of a throw. Um. Yeah. I, okay. That that's boring. Let's talk about the Giants side. As far as Leonard Fournette goes, I know it's a little disappointing he didn't score the touchdown, but he's so involved in the passing game. Yeah. Um. All okay, right. Giants side. Any faith in? Well, any- first off, good to have Gronk back. He looked fine. Yeah. He did. Sure did. Any faith in any Giants going forward? Um.
1: Yeah. Barkley. You know, I, I that that was um the downside of what you you know thought would happen. You know, I, I think I was a little bit more optimistic. I know Dave was definitely more optimistic. For Barkley, I think you and Heath were more of a take-a-wait-and-see approach. And so, um, but the fact that he got the work, you know, got the work in the passing game, I think is encouraging. I think he'll do better this week against the Eagles. Um, it was just, it just felt like a bad spot for the Giants. You know, the Bucs have been struggling coming off two straight losses back home, even though Giants are coming off a bye. You know, so Andrew Thomas back. Uh, offensive line, hopefully will start to play better. Barkley will get more touches. Uh, I think they were going to see a firing. I uh, would not be surprised if Jason Garrett's let go. If not relieved of his play calling duties, you heard Joe Judge talk about that after the game. So maybe that helps whoever is going to uh, replace Garrett or at least take over his duties. Um, that you have to just get Barkley more touches. You just have to like it. It just felt like, and, and I, I I don't know which uh, broadcast you're watching, but Eli Manning was begging. For them to give Saquon Barkley more touches, like you know, just get him in rhythm. You know, they just kept saying that over and over again. Get him in rhythm. You know, just give him to it. Even if you get, you know have a three and out, get him two or three touches in a row. Let him start to feel himself. He's the guy that's going to have to you know save whatever semblance of season they have left. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure. I did see a little bit of the of the Manning cast. Mostly watched the main broadcast. My thing now is I feel like I just don't really like the interviews. Um, yeah. So that's, I, the,
1: that's the that's I think the biggest criticism. Although Julian Edelman was great at the end of the game.
0: He took a shot at Eli that was a joke, but it just was delivered so harshly that it felt kind of awkward to me. He was like, one. Lee, why don't you leave the jokes for me and you can you can make your faces or something like that? And it was oh. just like cringe worthy. Um but yeah, I heard that was a pretty good interview. Uh yeah, they but, when the Giants went for it on fourth down and one or two, Peyton called the play. He's like, You got yep. you're gonna go that thing where you're gonna fake the run, and then he's gonna mount in the flat, and you know what? The bucks are right there on it. You know, it's a shame. It's so much wasted talent on this team. So much wasted talent, and yeah, Joe Judge is furious. And he really directed it at at the at Garrett. And uh, it's just, it's I don't know what the problem is. It's too. I can't diagnose it. I don't know if it's the line. The line obviously sucks. I don't know if it's Daniel Jones making bad decisions. I don't know if it's the play calling. But there's all this wasted talent, and it's really a shame. It's really a shame. Uh, but I, I just don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. They got they need a new quarterback. All right, probably so. Uh and the dropometer. We go to the players to drop. Jarvis Landry. Uh he's a 8. I think,
1: you know, if, if you're hoping the matchup is good for him, which it is, then you stick with him. But you know, if he didn't have the rushing touchdown last week, it's just another miserable stat line. Baker's not right. This feels like a uh, run the ball as much as you can, try and grind out a win. Not let Baker make mistakes or make plays uh unless you absolutely have to. And get into your bye week, and hopefully get healthy.
0: Okay. Zach Moss. Oh, we didn't talk about Matt Breida, did we?
1: Yeah, he's another of the shallower guys. Their schedule's brutal coming up against the run. You know, their next five games, they get the Patriots twice. And I know New England's run defense isn't the strength of their team, but I still don't want to trust Buffalo's rush offense against the Patriots' rush defense, but they get the... Uh, they have the Bucs in that stretch, they have the Saints this week, it's Mm -hmm. just not very uh, enticing for a three-headed backfield now, now he's made the most of his opportunities over 10 yards per carry last week had the two touchdowns on six touches the week before against the Jets so I put in the column Devin Singletary as the drop candidate, because I still like Moss better than Singletary, but if you want to drop Zach Moss, I have no problem, I I can't argue against it just based on what this situation looks like
0: Yeah. so actually I want to get the exact quote, but Joe Biscaglia of the Athletic, who writes for the Bill, who writes Bills, he's the Bills writer for the Athletic. Yeah, he's great. He's been on HQ with us. He said he wouldn't. I, I want to make sure I get it right, and I will. But I'm pretty sure he said <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Moss were made inactive, and Matt Breida is the one B to Singletary's one A. So that was his take on it, and I thought that was really okay. interesting. I'll get the quote for you. Um, Deontay Foreman and Adrian Peterson with New England and then a bye week. How droppable are they?
1: Uh, they're droppable. Uh, Peterson more so than Foreman. But, yeah, I, I have no problem dropping both.
0: Okay. And how about Marvin Jones, 83% rostered with uh, Atlanta? Good matchup coming up.
1: So the thing with him now is what happens with the targets that Agnew's gone. He had six right. targets. Chanel had five. Uh, Dan Arnold had none. Um, you know, so what's the what's the case with the Jaguars' passing game moving forward? So I would I would consider holding Marvin Jones for one week just to see, but uh, it's not it's not something that you could try. I mean, Trevor Lawrence right now looks really really bad, and you know yeah. it's it's not him. The 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 receivers don't separate. You know, you watch any game, they're covered all the time. Um, you know, I, I know you I, I mentioned Pete a lot, but Pete Prisco knows the Jaguars as well as anybody. He's on their uh, uh, part of their radio broadcast uh, during the week. And he says they just, they're so uncreative with their route running. You know, they don't do anything to give guys the chance to get open. You know, they just expect them to win their one on one matchups. And it's just not working. Jones doesn't run anymore. You know, Chenault's not a speed guy. We'll see if John Brown brings anything to the table, you know, now that he's activated off the practice squad and, and has a role to fill. But uh, Marvin Jones just doesn't give you any semblance of hope. He's had one good game in his last six.
0: All right. So, yeah, this is uh, takeaways from the Bills Colts game from Joe Biscaya. And Devin Single, uh, yeah. Matt Breida deserves to supplant Moss as a top two running back, blah, blah, blah. Because Moss doesn't play on special teams, it wouldn't be a surprise if he's a healthy scratch next week or in the future if his struggles continue against the Saints. Just one person's take on it. Okay. Yeah, could be true. Uh, How about uh, Alex Collins? Would you drop Alex Collins 0 10?
1: I would probably still hold him. Um, He's still going to be the lead running back for now against the Washington football team and for Seattle, probably moving forward with Carson out for the season. But again, you know, if we're in a situation where you're in a situation where Elijah Moore is available, you want to take a chance on the jets guys. It's just this team just struggling beyond belief.
0: I don't think I wouldn't think I'd drop team. him for the jets guys though. Would you, um, if
1: I'm not playing Alice Collins, I probably would consider it. Who are you going to rank higher this week? Uh, Ty Johnson and PPR. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I can't make a
0: huge case for the
1: four fantasy points you're getting from Alex Collins. Right, he's they're, they're not scoring. He lost his scoring chance this week. He's playing through an injury. So what happens right. if he, you know, they decide he's just going to shut it down?
0: Right. All right, let's go to the waiver wire then. And the quarterbacks are Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo, and yeah, I guess we should probably talk a little bit more about him. He's been Very good lately. The fantasy points haven't always been there, but it's 26, 23, and 19 points in his last three games. And, yeah, I don't know. Minnesota, Seattle, it's not a great schedule, but great matchups in the fantasy playoffs. That's what I mentioned earlier. Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston for Garoppolo. Uh, Would you add Garoppolo or Roethlisberger? I think this is a good matchup
1: against Minnesota. I think this game's going to get up and down. So I would start him over Russell Wilson, another guy uh, for this week.
0: All right, pick up uh, Garof- uh, Garoflasberger. Which one would you pick up?
1: Garoflasberger <laughs> <laughs> first and Garoppolo.
0: Okay. But is probably safer. And Cam's ahead of them, obviously. Yep. Jimmy also likes Heineke. And remember, I mentioned Seattle's been very good at defensively lately. But last week, they were terrible against Colt McCoy. And Remember,
1: some of it was the, the matchups that they, they faced.
0: Uh, yeah, but some of it was Stafford and Rodgers. Rodgers coming off, you know, COVID. Um, yeah, but also they could be without their top two corners. Terod Taylor against the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater. Got to be a little desperate against the Chargers. Same with Flacco. Same with Dalton. Trevor Simeon's been putting up numbers, but he's facing the Bills this week. And long-term, if you want to look at Taysom Hill, it's a decent chance he becomes a starting quarterback at some point. He's 13% roster. Yep, no,
1: I have him to the list. Thank you for that.
0: Um, any interest in Matt Ryan against the Jaguars?
1: Uh, no. Not much. Okay. And Tua
0: against They're the Panthers? play better. Yeah, Ill, for sure. Tua against the Panthers? Um, He's fine. He's top 15 quarterback this week. All right. Go to the running backs here see if we missed anything. Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman. And, yeah, if you want to just look at the running back carries for the Jets in their last four games, combined carries, 20, 17, 22, 15. You get to 20, that's not so bad. You get to 15, 17, that's not great if you're going to be splitting them. Catches, though, 14, 3, 11, and 4. It really just depends if Mike White is playing. Mike White got hurt against the Colts. Jets running backs had three catches. Didn't play against the Dolphins. They had four catches. So, big deal there. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, Jamie talked about this. So, he's unowned. Eight catches for the Titans against the Texans. Facing the Patriots, who give up the third most receiving yards to running backs. And Hilliard, um, you know, especially if A.J. Brown is out, Hilliard's got a chance. And Marcus Jones. And Marcus Johnson, yeah. Uh, David Johnson and Rex Burkhead, you would prefer which guy?
1: I prefer Johnson and PPR, Burkhead and non-PPR.
0: Jets have allowed, this is amazing. Everybody, your jaw is going to drop. The Jets have allowed 21 touchdowns to running backs in 10 games. Uh, Latavius Murray, he might be kind of like what I said about Boston Scott. 10 carries, except he'll have half the yards. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Latavius Murray against Cleveland. They have been awful against the run their last three games. I don't know what is happening there, but just awful. DJ Dallas, if you want to take a shot on somebody who might be able to supplant Alex Collins. Uh, How about, okay, you got, looking long-term, you got Kadri Allison, Matt Breida, and DJ Dallas. Do you think any of them have a legit chance to be start-worthy going down the stretch? That's Allison for the Falcons, Breida uh, for the Bills, and... Dallas for the Seahawks.
1: Dallas, absolutely Dallas. I think I changed the order since I sent it to you. I put Dallas ahead of Latavius Murray, um, just because. Again, if he, there is no Carson, he's number two. Collins is struggling. Why not give him an opportunity?
0: Okay, and the other guy I mentioned earlier, uh, Sony Michelle, by the way, Jamie has in the list. Just get some handcuffs there. Michelle is the is a lot of potential, a lot of potential there for Michelle. Obviously, you know the one it to game happen. that
1: Daryl Henderson missed week three against Tampa Bay. He had twenty three total touches.
0: Right. And Boston Scott, I made the case for earlier. You get double digit carries for multiple running backs in four straight games for for Philadelphia. And the chance they just, cru- I don't think they'll crush the Giants, but I think they'll win. So, and he scores every game he plays against the Giants. Wide receivers. Yep, Adam. Thank you. You got it, dude. Wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, and Michael Gallup are for the shallower leagues. Who's your favorite there? Ayuk, Mooney, Bateman, Gallup. Ayuk. Who's your second favorite? Mooney. Okay. Who's your third
1: favorite? (laughs) Bateman, just because Gallup's got a short window.
0: All right, who's your favorite this week? Is Gallup the highest ranked of these four this week? No, no. uh, um, Mooney is the highest this week. My wife 16 just tr- targets, man. That's hard to overlook. Did you notice my wife just turned the lights off in the room? I was pretty messed up. She turned them back. Yeah, I hate the light switch outside the room thing. What a t- terrible well, feature. So you have light switch outside your room? In this particular room, yeah. It's out. It's in the hallway. Oh, I would be messing with you every five oh, Yeah, yeah. There's three light switches in a row. Uh, and the one in the middle is this. It's such a stupid setup. Um, all right. Add these wide receivers. Eli Moore. Elijah Moore. I'm not going to shorten. I have not really that close with him. Uh, Kadarius Tony for Jamie Van Je- is number two. Van Jefferson three. I'll just say I'll take Van Jefferson over Tony. But I will say that I'll take Shepard over. I don't know if I would take him. I definitely take him over Tony. I think at this point I'm just going to say Shepard's my favorite Giants receiver, which is not a great thing. Would I so take Shepard over? Starting, Van starting one
1: this week, you'll stash Shepard long term.
0: I might stat. Yeah, probably. if In full PPR, yeah. And would I take him over Jefferson? No, I think... You know what? I think I'm just going to buy into offense here and just go Rams over Giants. Makes sense. Um, especially because the Eagles really do have the third best against wide receivers. Okay. What else we got? Uh, Traquan Smith. I wish he weren't facing the Bills, but 9% rostered, and he's been pretty good lately. been decent. Sed Wilson... M.V.S. Rams this week, then a bye. So it's not super appealing for M.V.S. Hey, by the way, if you have Aaron Rodgers this week, bad toe facing the Rams, are you trying to get a waiver wire quarterback?
1: No. Okay.
0: Other guys, Nick Westbrook, Marquise Goodwin at Detroit, Russell Gage, Jacksonville is allowed 70 yards or more to a wide receiver in all but one game this year. What do you think? Can a Falcons wide receiver, if Cordarrelle Patterson is out, can a Falcons wide receiver get to 70 yards? Who would it be?
1: I mean, I think Gage. You kind of saw what he was. You know, I think he can get you five for 60, get you 11 PPR points. Okay. So not not great, but desperation, he could be okay.
0: Rondell Moore is also on that list. Had a ton of targets last week, but it's going into a buy, so it's not a huge priority.
1: And don't forget Jason Crowder too. You know, two of yes. the last four games. Absolutely. He's done well. I know sometimes when I send you the notes, I lump the two the, the guys on the same team together. But
0: yeah, I missed them. I'm sorry. Sorry in that conversation. Um yeah. Uh, not a lot of yards, but he did it find the end zone and Houston. Yo, know, Houston's bad. The Jets Houston game, low scoring, high scoring. What wins out? The bad defenses or the bad offenses? I just don't know. I mean, probably the bad offenses <laughs>
1: went out. At least you would hope. I could see that game, you know, not necessarily ultra high scoring, but High 40s.
0: I'm not really sure why I'm bringing this up, but if Marquise Brown is out and if Lamar Jackson is in, any interest in Sammy Watkins?
1: Uh, Yeah. I, I I had moderate expectations for him last week, so he's not he's not horrible. I should probably include him, too.
0: Yeah, he's probably in the Russell Gage type of stat line. Okay. Tight ends. Uh, so, Pat Fryermuth and Noah Fant. We haven't talked much about Fant, but Fryermuth's 83% rostered, Fant, 75%. And Fant gets the Chargers, who are 31st. Then he gets the Chiefs, who are 26th. Uh, And then later in the year, weeks 16 and 17, are the Raiders and the Chargers again. So good schedule for Fant. Who do you like better, Friermuth or Fant? I like Fryermuth better. Okay. So on the waiver wire, the tight ends you might want to add are Evan Ingram, who is facing a team that has given up 77 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in seven straight games. They are that team this year, the Philadelphia Eagles. Logan yeah, Thomas. Yeah, I'll
1: flip it. I'll put Thomas first.
0: Thomas one, Evan yep. Ingram two, Cole Komet three. Now, you might see Detroit is 10th against tight ends, but they're really not that good if you look at who they faced and what they've given up. And Austin Hooper is four. Baltimore has been crap against tight ends. Better lately. Very good against the Dolphins and the Brown- and the Bears. But... 27th overall this season against tight ends. Hooper's been a little bit more involved, you know, five, seven ish targets recently. Yep. Yay. (laughs) And Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman had six to eight targets in four straight games. So maybe Jawan Johnson can pick up some of that slack. Tyler Conklin wasn't on your list. Any interest in him? 43% rostered.
1: No, I actually have him as a drop candidate. I don't, Think he's going to play well this week against San Francisco. San Francisco's defense against tight ends is good. The reason I like Conklin two weeks ago was his matchup with the Chargers. I thought he would struggle against the Packers, and then he struggled this week. The other drop candidate I gave you, I didn't give you, was CJ Uzama. You can drop him too.
0: And the DSTs to stream are the Bears at Detroit. We told you to pick them up on Friday's show, pick them up before the week. They're going to be really, I'm confident. I'm not picking against the Jets anymore. I'm going for the Lions.
1: <laughs> I, I would have said if uh, Khalil Mack. And Akeem Hicks were playing. Now Hicks may play. This would be the number one DST this week. They're not far off, but they've yeah. been number
0: one. Washington against Seattle. And How about the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. Okay, yeah. Eagles at the Giants. Are we forgetting any of let's the see. ones that are widely available? Uh Well, so want to make sure, cover all of our bases here. Do you like? Let's see. Miami against Carolina, probably not. No. Jacksonville against Atlanta. Dallas is
1: interesting. They're at sixty nine percent. Oh, that's it. You know.
0: That's it. Oh yeah, you know what? Going against the Chiefs last week, Dallas is very interesting against the Raiders. Yep. Jaguars are two percent rostered. <laughs> I guess like I can't really do it. Fal- oh, the Falcons give up the most fantasy points to DSTs. I didn't. I did not know that.
1: All right. Well. Part of that is when their backup quarterbacks come in and throw interceptions. <laughs> That's <basically>. true. <laughs> right,
0: that pretty much covers it for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're giving away a sweatshirt. Bundle up. Go to butcherbox.com FFT. Get some delicious food. And I'm sure we'll be talking about food a lot this week. For Jamie, I am Adam. Thank you so much. We will talk to you tomorrow.
1: old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of 300 dollars. and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts